the very first piece of this is you actually need to create a plan before you even start. The plan is like your GPS. It really doesn't matter what your method is for planning as long as it works for you and you stick to it. Constantly coming back and looking at what you've been doing, looking at that plan and going, well, what worked, what didn't work and what can I do differently next time? And it can be even looking at the structure of the plan itself. Is the plan still accurate? Are the things I'm using to measure still the right things to you to measure? Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your Thursday co-host, joined as always with the lovely Tim Hyde. We're going to do some really awesome conversations today. I hope we are, Sam. Um, that, that actually, just in, I, I listened back to myself, we're going to do some awesome conversations. We will have an awesome conversation. There we go. And then we'll have another one a bit later on and then another one after that. Sounds good. But today we're continuing on with our theme that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. And it's one of the things that we see or one of the mistakes that we see business owners making. Today we're going to talk about lack of focus which is funny because I had a lack of focus around my words just then. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not talking about lack of focus on choice of words. We're talking about lack of focus in the business. And this is something that I am really passionate about, as my clients would tell you. Does coffee help you focus? So here's the thing. I drink coffee, but I drink decaf. I actually don't take caffeine. I turn into a shivering mess otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you're absolutely right though. Lack of focus, uh, I think it manifests in all sorts of way in our business. It 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 manifests in a way, and I think as entrepreneurs, we're you know we're prone to chasing down shiny baubles, okay, mm-hmm. and and that can be a lack of focus as we go from oscillate from one thing to another thing to a third thing. It can certainly manifest in what you do on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Now, we've we've talked in previous episodes about the idea of having an ideal perfect day and. And what does that look like? Or does you just let things happen to you? Mm. you Things happen to your business. And that's how, you know, we see this lack of focus manifest. But there are, well, I think, just a couple of really simple strategies that we can put in place to make sure that we retain focus and direction of where we're going and actually get somewhere. And I think I was just sharing the story with you just before we hit record, Sam, you know, a client of, of mine who's been, you know, sitting at the sort of high six-figure business for the last 10 years, and that can be a quite reasonable, you know, they're, they're earning a pretty reasonable sort of income and, and take home each, but they've never really been able to grow, again, mm-hmm. because of lack of focus on what they should be doing to turn that six-figure company into a seven, eight, and nine-figure business. Absolutely. I was having drinks with a good friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and she's quite new in her business journey. She had uh, taken a contract, so she'd been out of her business. She'd taken a contract 
as a consultant. She'd just finished up that and she was coming back into her business full time. And she's like, Sam, like just, you know, what, what is that thing that I need to do? What is it that I need to focus on now? And I said, well, here's the thing that most people don't do. And it's, you know, stick to the boring things because it is the, the boring things strategically and consistently being done and done well that are going to actually get you to move the needle in your business rather than a new tactic and by tactic i mean oh someone's talking about the new you know instagram algorithm or youtube strategy or insert other you know seemingly fun looking thing here really being able to focus on sometimes what are seen as boring things over and over and over is actually what's going to get you into a place where your business is doing well and then you've got the time and the space and the money to be able to spend on doing some of the other tactics that are a little bit more fun. Yeah, look, I think that you, you're absolutely right. The latest one we've seen in 2023, of course, has been AI, right? Mm-hmm, Everybody's mm-hmm. jumped onto the AI bandwagon. And, and, of course, you know, in true social media form, uh, there's been a lot of if you don't get on it, you're going to be left behind and your business won't run, blah, 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 blah. Right? It's all rubbish, really. You're right. There are some fundamentals that we build a business in, and it doesn't matter what business you're in. It doesn't matter what you coach, what you deliver, what your service, what your product is. There's some fundamentals that work repeatedly, regardless of business, regardless of what stage in business you're at, that if you put in place, you will get to where you want to go. Absolutely. So let's start to really have a look at what this focus looks like. And I think the very first piece of this is you actually need to create a plan before you even start. The the plan is like your GPS. You can't get to where you want to go if you don't put your GPS on or look, you know, old school, look in your map book (laughs) uh, to be able to get there because you don't know where you're going to end up. So I know I plan in six week sprints, you plan in 90 day cycles. It really doesn't matter what your method is for planning as long as it works for you and you stick to it. Yeah, absolutely right. I think, Sam, you know, it is having that plan. What I see a lot of as well is is that people kind of paint these big picture goals, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in 10 years I want to make, you know, $100 million and blah, 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 okay? You know, and then we kind of break that plan down into sort of you know, annual goals and quarterly goals and weekly goals and so on. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just the big picture plan that says, mm-hmm. I will make $10 million in 10 years, right? But you're five years in and you say, the goal is still, I will make 10 year, $10 million in, in 10 years, right? Was that from when? So, you know, being more specific about that plan is really important, but also recognizing that plans when executed well are exponential. Absolutely. Your the expectation, and this I think why a lot of planning fails, if I say 10 million in 10 years, ergo 1 million in one year, ergo you know 250,000 in the current quarter, $80,000 this month, if I'm starting from scratch, there's no, there's almost no chance of me making 80,000 in month one. And then you get to month two and think, oh, I need to make 160 by the end of month two. And you're even further and further behind. Yeah. And, and then you just give up. You give up the whole plan because it doesn't recognize that like driving a car, it takes time to accelerate to that mm-hmm. point. And mm-hmm. so most of the gains you're going to see are at the back end of that execution of that plan. Absolutely. Not at the front. 
Absolutely. And so, you know, when we set our plan in place, whether it's again, whatever time frame that you, you know, allow for your your sprint or your cycle, um, it is about actually sort of making sure that we're tracking and and adjusting accordingly to seasonal variables. You know, how far along my journey am I? Do I have a million clients already or none? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need to adjust accordingly to what those expectations actually are. Mm. But definitely need to break it down to some smaller time frame. Um, I we ran ninety days for years, and what I personally found for me was I'm a bit of a procrastinator. You know, I'm a human being, <laughs> as as we all are, and I used to find that because ninety days was quite long for me, that I used to you know, not you know, take the foot off the pedal a little bit at the start of the 90 days and then really kind of leave everything to that second half of the, the cycle where six weeks for us is better because I feel like it's short enough that I just need to jump straight into it and get it done. So, yeah, that's why we moved into a six-week sprint. And we tried a 30-day sprint before we settled on six weeks and that was too short. It felt like we were constantly sprinting every month and that was exhausting. So, yeah. um yeah, we do gave you, it a little bit of a try. Do you and yours, do you take a sort of a, a break before you to, to yeah. replan and do the next one? So they're eight-week sp- cycles where we do a six-week sprint and have a two-week cool-down. And in that cool-down, that's when we will book our holidays, that's when we will take time out, that's where we will, you know, do bougie all-day lunches, <laughs> or we will tidy things up. We will also sometimes plan, depending on where we're at, there are some two weeks cool downs where we've done a lot of planning. You know, maybe it's a time where we were super excited or had lots of energy and sort of, you know, did a lot of research or planning for that next six week sprint, but just take it on what's going on, how we're feeling. How about you? Yeah, look, same for me. I'm, I'm still kind of working on our 90 days. We have done that for a while where I'm finding a challenge at the moment, uh, and I don't mind sharing this with our audience, is actually kind of making sure that some accountability is in place around what the execution of that looks like. Because mm. right? when we, you know, when we're sort of tracking, you know, what did I do this week, what did I do that week, you know, and then what did I do over the course of the month, it kind of throws everything out a little bit when you're starting to count odd days. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is not quite working for me at the moment. But it is, you know, the the key whatever the cycle happens to be for you is actually making it short enough that we can start to track and measure and give yourself time to put in actions. Absolutely. Right. right? Because if you say, well, we need a new website, guess what? If your, if your cycle is, uh, you know, seven days, you're going to find it very difficult to build a new website and you're constantly going, oh, we, did we get to that goal? No. Did we get to that goal? No. So it needs to be short enough that we can see momentum and we've got impetus to go towards that particular goal, but not so short that we can't actually see any progress on some of the bigger activities. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more because once you've set the plan, you do need to break it down. And this is where I see most people getting tripped up. It's not setting the plan. Most people that I speak with have got some sort of goal, some sort of projects that they know they're working on. Where I see the trip up occur is these daily habits. And this is where I was talking about, you know, the boring things that need to be done strategically and consistently well, with consistency being the major part here, the daily habits that are going to get you there. Because 
you know, you and I were talking before we hit record, every single one of us has something in our business that we dislike doing, that we oh, will absolutely. do anything to not do it. And some of us will do absolutely anything to get out of doing it. You know, there's those things on my list that have been there like for a really long time. But there's the the daily habits I know you have in your whiteboard that you track your leads and your calls uh, and your revenue every single week. Yeah, I believe. so I've, I've got a um, I've got a Google sheet that we track. You know, leads, appointments, you know, um, presentations and and sales or proposals and sales every single day. You know, and if I see a week where we've got no leads, right, no new people into my database, I'm going to find at some point in the coming weeks that I'm going to see a dip in the number of appointments, dip in the number of proposals we're sending out, and you know, correspondingly a number of, a dip in the number of sales that we might make. So it's a good a good lead indicator. You're absolutely right, Sam. If we don't measure what it is we're doing, if we don't set some daily habits, even around the things we don't necessarily do, and we'll talk about that more in a sec, we don't get momentum we kind of just avoid it right we mm-hmm. go, i don't really want to do this today mm. you know i'm going to go and do something else but by having that accountability to it you know it, it can just be a you know walk into your office get a post-it note you know deck of post-it notes write the one thing that will make today successful and stick it to the you know stick it to your computer screen and do not leave your office until that thing is done Absolutely. Right, you will find you get way more momentum doing that than, you know, just kind of firefighting and reacting to whatever comes yeah, in. Totally. Now you mentioned a Google Sheet before. We also have a Google Sheet, but here's what I noticed with a Google Sheet: it's great because everyone in the team can see it. Because uh, for you and I, we both have teams that work remotely. So that's great that everyone has access to it. But I personally find that setting these daily habits in an analog way work way better for me. So let me explain a couple of the things we do here. Uh, Sometimes I have used a system where I've got a jar with a certain number of paper clips in it. I think I got this idea from um, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, you know where he had to put a paper clip into the the cup, and if the the all the paper clips weren't in the cup by the end of the night, like he couldn't leave till they're all over. I've used that before. Leon and I have both got these little manual clickers, like what they use to count people onto a plane. We do that for the amount of um, you know different things that we do, like chat starts a day. We will do that. We know at the beginning of our six week sprint how many clients we need to sign because we already have set our revenue goals so we know how many clients there are to sign we actually put a number on the post-it we create let's just say we need 20 new clients in a sprint we'll get 20 post-it notes and put a number on each one put them on the wall they need to have a name on all of them by the end of the the sprint these are the kinds of things that we do because it requires not only that we can see it but an action around it and that's a lot for us, it feels a lot more accountable than just having a Google Sheet. That, if you're not feeling great about yourself, you can just hide and not open. Yeah, I think that there's there's two parts of that, right? Your Google Sheet, you know, for your metrics is really important historically, right? Mm-hmm. Because that will mm-hmm. start to identify bigger picture trends for you, right? It'll, it'll work out seasonal factors. You know, you'll know that in November you get lots of leads. You know, in January you get none. Whatever the thing is happens here, but I really love that idea, Sam, of of making some sort of physical thing, whether it's a journal, whether it's post-it notes, whether it's 
shit on your whiteboard, whatever <laughs> it happens to be, you know, and I, I've done that with clients as well before, right? Rather than actually keeping them on the board, like literally, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 5, you know, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, et cetera. And when you sign a client, you take it off and throw it in the bin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know? And then this, it tells you exactly how many clients you still need to, you know, to sign. And, yeah. and what I find that does, and particularly if you start communicating that back with your team, it really galvanizes the direction to go, well, we haven't reached our goal yet team you know you've been doing stuff Mm. but has that stuff actually delivered the outcomes we were looking for absolutely And that's where it comes down to i think those daily habits and if we're not looking at that we're not communicating that with our team and most importantly we're not holding them accountable for it we don't get to where we want to go 100 percent, 100 percent. so that's the daily habits now you know i did just mention that there are things that we don't like doing in in the business. And that's where I think accountability is really, really important. Now you you mentioned a really great metaphor about accountability and I'd love you to share it because I think it's fantastic. Well, I think like it's like I gave the example of putting in a CRM system to manage your pipeline of opportunity. But if you don't log into your CRM, what's it there for? Again, if you don't log into your Google sheet, what's what's there for? And Likewise, you wouldn't go and invest money in buying a car and then leave it in your driveway and not use it, mm. right? And you go, oh, it's a bloody car's fault. It's, you know, it's so expensive to have that car. Like, it's on you, right? Yeah. This is the thing that can take you from A to B much faster than you would otherwise be able to do it under your own steam if you use it, right? And so there's so much of, you know, these systems, again, we talked about, you know, post-it notes, useless if you don't use it. Right, your Google Sheet useless if you don't use it. If you have your planning process in in your in place, but you don't hold people accountable for executing to that plan, you're wasting your time. Totally. Just stop doing it altogether, right? And if you can't do it yourself, get somebody to hold you accountable for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you need an external business coach like like Sam, you or, or me to come in and hold you accountable for execution of functions, get one. Absolutely. You can't do it yourself. If you're the CEO of your business, but you don't like confrontation, get somebody else who can do that for you mm-hmm. and do the things that you are genius at. Right? We talked before, Sam, about doing stuff that we don't necessarily like doing in a business. Guess what? If you don't like doing it and you're the person holding yourself accountable to do that, it's very easy to slide under the radar. Give that function to someone else and get and you hold them accountable for it. I just want to touch on what you just said there in a different way too. There are things that we don't like doing in our business. There's also things that we shouldn't be doing in our business and we need to be held accountable for these as well. We've got two new coaches on our coaching team and I've been onboarding them the last few months. And, you know, it was a completely off the cuff kind of comment where someone said, oh, Look at my coaching notes. They're so they're so messy. I will rewrite them and then send them to, uh, you know, the person on our team that gets the email out to the clients. And I said, no, no, no. You've been hired because your zone of genius is being a coach. It is not to rewrite coaching notes. That's that's an admin task. That's not what I hired you for. So I made my team accountable to be constantly in their zone of genius as well. So it's not just for us to be in the zone of genius as the CEO, but it's also to hold our team accountable to make sure that we're moving the needle in the best way forward. 
Yeah, and it's like it's doing stuff just because you can do it better than somebody else doesn't mean to say that that is the best use of your time. Totally, totally. Um, I want to share one of the questions that Leon and I use in our business to help as we're doing our, you know, we talked about setting our six-week plan or our 90-day plan, but we also set a weekly plan in our business. So on a Sunday afternoon, we'll usually have quite a casual conversation around what the theme or what the big projects are that we need to be doing for the week. And a question that we'll often ask ourselves is, okay, I want you to put your CEO hat on right now and duplicate yourself and see yourself also as the employee. If you were standing there as the CEO, ask yourself, what would I be saying to that team member this week? What didn't they do well? What did they do well? What do you need to do more of? And sort of like remove yourself from being that person. And it can be really helpful to, you know, see yourself in the third person and go, actually, you know what? I do need to do X, Y, Z this week or have more focus on that or make sure I get X, Y, Z done. So it's, um, you know, really important to be able to do that. Yeah, I like that. Last step, I think, is is review, right? 100%. Constantly coming back and looking at what you've been doing, looking at that plan and going, well, what worked, what didn't work, and what can I do differently next time? And it can be even looking at the structure of the plan itself. <laughs> is the plan still accurate? Are the things I'm using to measure still the right things to you to measure? Mm. Right? Is my post-it note system still working for me? Yeah. Right? Totally. You know, do I have the right people on the bus or not? Doing that review becomes really critical in kind of working out whether you're executing, whether those daily habits are serving you, whether that accountability framework is serving you as well. Absolutely. So if you're someone that at the end of your cycle or your sprint says, oops, didn't get them done, I'll just put that on the next sprint oops, didn't get it done, I'll put it on the next sprint. And three years later, you've realized that you've been working on the same three projects for the last three years straight. Then really you need to hone in on this piece, review it. Why isn't it working? Because there's no point just putting something that's not working straight back down again for the next quarter or the next sprint. You need to be able to analyze why it's not working and decide what needs to be done differently. Yeah. To me, this is an area that's I think it's really valuable, A, to use your accountability partner in, right? So again, if it's your business coach, get them involved, but also get your team involved as well, mm -hmm. right? Because the more they own it, the more likely you are to get the outcome you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Imperfect action beats waiting for perfect execution. Yes. Copyright. 2023, Tim and Sam. Absolutely. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's execution that's going to move the needle forward. So just quickly recapping, to get focus, you need to set that plan, set the GPS so you know where you're heading. Get really clear on what those daily habits need to be and make sure that you execute them at consistently. Make sure you're accountable. Your team is accountable to you and that you're accountable to yourself for your growth and review review the data and the KPIs before you set the next plan. Yep. Anything you'd like to add here, Tim? Pulling back the hood of what we've seen working with thousands of businesses, you know, collectively. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we talked very early on about, you know, it's not necessarily the, the product or service or, or size of your business. A lot of it is this is if you get this piece right, you know, it almost doesn't matter what else you're doing. This will guarantee momentum in the right direction. 
hundred percent. I agree. I think this is probably one of the most important pieces. Really do. Thanks for riffing with me on this topic. And if you got value from this topic, if there was an aha, something that stood out, we would love you to share with us. All the links to our social profiles are in the notes wherever you're listening. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode of Influence by Design. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. <laughs>